Hey, I'm Brenna. And I'm AC. And welcome to An Obsessive Nature, where we're geeks, but we're also writers now. Hello. Hello. Today we're going to talk about our best and worst fandom experiences, um, which is timely, at least for us. It's June. It's Pride Month. A lot of people are like idiots so this is true but i think also i mean we'll get into this later i think um a lot of people are also kind of stepping up and being awesome so yeah i think it it is really awesome all right so (laughs) i don't know i in terms of like fandoms i think i've talked about this before i'm more of kind of like what do they call it on reddit a lurker instead of a like super engaged but that's like a bad word on reddit um i obviously did have the whole justin bieber fan twitter that i made in seventh grade that we've talked about and that was definitely something i was engaged with and i made like friends that were strangers and i think maybe that was just because it was a whole like a whole new world of the internet opened up to me when i was that young and i was like this is the best thing ever so i just jumped on like the opportunity to meet new people and whatever yeah, the first um, experience is always really intense. It's like now love. it's like whatever. Now it's like I talk yeah. to strangers all the time. Like I'm in like an Animal <laughs> Crossing group chat of just strangers, and we go to each other's villages or islands. So um, creepy. Anywho, it's not creepy because it's like Disney fans that are also Animal Crossing fans. So it's like the perfect crossover. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was started by a YouTuber, and then he came to my island Ew. and signed my uh, signed my little board, and I was happy. Whoa, whoa. Um, anyhow, but I'm not, like, a super engaged member of a lot of fandoms. I would say the most engaged I've ever been was definitely with the Justin Bieber thing, and that was one of my best experiences, I think, with fandoms, because, like, I just met a bunch of cool people, and I was so young, and I also didn't have any bad experiences, like, I didn't have any creeps or, I don't know. Um, yeah. It was a really good experience. That's good. And then, I mean, I, I'd say the most, the fandom that I'm really involved in now is Marvel, a thousand percent. Um and like it's forever the best like fandom I've ever been a part of just like I thought you're gonna say forever the best fandom and I was gonna have to fight you no I mean I I I think so but that's subjective um right and I don't think like when you say like the best fandom we're not talking about like everyone in this fandom is the best like people suck and people will always suck and people that suck like everything like the same things we do so um but I just just like the experiences I've had at movie theaters with this group of people like on all the midnight quote-unquote midnight premieres those don't exist anymore but yeah the premieres of movies and just sitting like next to complete random strangers and like um just kind of all of a sudden like you can just start they just start talking and like bringing up this happened in this movie and just just like the best thing the best thing yeah like when I was seeing Endgame um the most random like (laughs) people were just talking about how like the people who had seen it um I don't know if it came out overseas first I can't remember but like people that had seen it before it came out in the U.S. Um, had made like there's this website that's I don't know what it's called I think it's, it's something to do with pee but it's basically like when you can go pee during a movie so like oh, they right, give right, you right. they give you like non-spoiler times when you can go pee so it's like the most random like out of context you have no clue what's going on and um so we were like chatting about that and just kind of like random mm-hmm. stuff and it's just so like I don't know to be in a room full of like crying like <laughs> crying and cheering people people get yeah. so mad at that people get so upset at people cheering in movie theaters but I just like I've had some of the best experiences of my entire life in a movie theater with people like around me and you know yeah. that's not gonna happen for quite a long fucking time now but 
Um, I miss it a lot. I forgot about that. I miss it a lot. (laughs) And I'm glad that I got to have that experience before everything. But like it was seeing Endgame like in theaters was probably one of the best experiences ever. Just from, um, I don't know, the community standpoint. And like, I just really enjoy being a part of that community. Because it's not only like, because of the way comic books have become so mainstream now, it used to just be like, oh, just like middle-aged men who live in their basement or in their mom's basement Mm -hmm. (laughs) read comics. And now it's just such a mainstream thing. And obviously that was not true then, but that was the like stereotype. Yeah. Um, And now it's, I don't necessarily read comics. I mean, I definitely have started after I started seeing the movies, but I think that just the entire community is so awesome and inclusive and I don't know. And I think the movies and, are working to get as inclusive as the comics have always been. So yeah. it's awesome. Disney's, ever... Disney's always scared to be inclusive, but they eventually come around at some times. So. I feel like everybody's feeling the pressure to be more inclusive now. It's yeah. like suddenly, because before it was like, if you're inclusive, you're like making a controversial statement and you're going to lose all your conservative viewers. And now it's yeah. like, if you don't say anything, you're an asshole. So it's weird how quickly, and I know like part of it is sucks because people are doing stuff and not really meaning it, but like, Mm -hmm. it's also cool to see it flip so quickly because I would have never expected that. Comic books in general have always been so inclusive and have always included LGBTQ characters and whatnot. And it's taken so long for the movies to finally do it. And even though I guess Captain Marvel is LGBTQ, I guess, but like, no like how Spongebob actually... is gay or whatever? Yeah, okay. <laughs> that was so weird. <laughs> like, but like I, I guess it liter- makes sense, but it's like... They said in the Korean. tweet, though, they said, like, our ally, like, and our allies. So I was like, is Spongebob an ally? But, like, to who? And, like, what is this? And yeah, I don't no, know. Right? It was so weird. But, yeah, I just, I really love um, Marvel, and that, that's about it. But also, like, Black Panther changed the world from like in a lot of ways I, yeah. I don't know if it changed the world but I made like that whole documentary about it and just talking to to black people who had always been such like who've always read comics their whole life and were just so emotional at this movie and yeah the definitely the movie theaters like that whole month you could see people like coming like dressed like wearing like African prints or like stuff referencing like black yeah. pride I mean there were so many photos yeah. of like little black girls just looking at the poster and like oh yeah. my god so cute but yeah I, I Marvel was definitely one of the best ones for me we can go into the worst after after you t- say your best but yeah I, well I mean I all of Marvel. oh sorry what no I'm just gonna keep talking about Marvel for two hours it's Marvel 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 well I was gonna say um, this documentary that I watched to prepare for my Trina Robbins interview, the Wonder Woman lady, mm-hmm. um, was about like feminism and comics and sort of the history. You should, I'll just see if I can find the name and send it to you. Cause I think you would find it interesting. Cause there's this whole like turning point. It was like really diverse. And then world war two happened mm-hmm. and women entered the workforce. And then afterwards people were like, Oh, we want to go back to where we came from, you know, <laughs> very uh reminiscent of current vibes um (laughs) and that's when comics became like super super like whitewashed or like Mm -hmm. um like masculine and it was like really forced and all the comic cons were like an there were only like men's bathrooms or like the line for the men's bathroom was like super long and the women's bathroom was super short wow talk about (laughs) that's completely different from what yeah (laughs) and then they go into like how it got changed back again yeah but anyways um fascinating that is so 
a lot of, I feel like a good segue though, from what you were talking about with movie premieres would be me to talk a little bit about Harry Potter, which is going to be positive and negative. Yeah, definitely. And then we can use that negativity to transition into your bad experiences. And then I can talk about all of my bad experiences. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so I got really into Harry Potter in like middle school. So I was kind of late to the game. I read the books when I was like little, um, up to book four, but or at the beginning of book four, but um, then I got freaked out because uh, the dark mark in the sky reminded me of aliens. So, and I used to have lots of alien nightmares. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, I got back into it in like eighth grade. So it was just in time to be able to see the last two movies um, in theater at midnight release premiere, Ugh. whatever. R.I.P. midnight releases. I know. It was such... I think it was because of, I think, wasn't it because of the shooting, I yeah. believe? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I understand, but like, oh my lord, that was those are just the best, like, just the atmosphere. Yeah. And it's so much different now because it's just so early. It's like, yeah, I haven't been of, to any, it's like at 7 p.m. I mean, oh. which is fine, but like, just that experience of like waiting in a super long line. And now, especially that you can you can choose mm-hmm. your seats at pretty much every theater, there's no like lines anymore. There's no like, yeah, like we used to, like, my friend and I would literally sit like in lines for hours waiting yeah. for the premiere because you couldn't choose your own seat but now pretty much every theater has implemented that which is great but it just it I miss it that changes. <laughs> yeah I, miss I the mean experience. I remember it was because I was so young compared to everyone at these premieres they were mostly mm-hmm. college students and I was like with my dad um and it was like all these college students which is so funny because Harry Potter are marketed as like middle school I know books. right but I guess when it's a midnight release like and it's yeah. a Thursday night not a Friday night <laughs> Oh God. Yeah, you're right. I remember seeing Twilight, like the Twilight movies in middle school. And like, I had to beg my parents because it's always Thursday. Cause yeah. you know, but anyways, at the Harry Potter releases, people like dress up just like they used mm-hmm. to for the book releases. Um, and it was so cool. And I remember this one guy had like a snitch costume where he had like the little wings on his, on a headband and when he, mm-hmm. he would move, he, they would like, they were on springs and they would like twitch oh, or whatever. So cool. <laughs> he was like in character. People would bring, like, beach balls to, like, pass around in the theater. Mm. So, anyways, it's, like, such a fun little atmosphere, and I never ran into anybody, like, negative in those scenarios, which mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, the only, well, I'll get into that later. Um, and then through Harry Potter, I was, like, got really involved in Pottercast community. Like, I used to watch, they've been podcasting since, like, I don't know, before 2010, so mm-hmm. for like a long time yeah. um and I would listen they would record on live stream and then it would get edited later but you could like listen on live stream and there was mm-hmm. a little chat and I remember one time before I was going to the airport I was listening and then I like said oh I have to go um catch a plane now and someone was like like have safe travels and I was like oh my god <laughs> so nice so and to this day like even with everything going on with JK Rowling and everything like that community specifically like the first time she tweeted her transphobic stuff they had an episode where they invited like a big uh fan community figure guy who was trans um to talk and I actually didn't know much about like how like I didn't know that recognizing or acknowledging someone's gender is like the number one life-saving intervention for trans people until mm. I listened to that episode. So it's like a great, and seeing people respond to everything within the community has been great, but it is really disappointing to see um, 
JK Rowling double down <laughs> on all that bullshit. Immensely. Yes. Um, yeah. But anyways, a lot of the actors have come out against her, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I saw a ton of, um, I mean, yeah, it's just, I liked Eddie Redmayne's tweet a lot. Um, I didn't see it. I read Daniel Radcliffe. He wrote like a whole blog. Yeah. For, Daniel. For yeah. Project. Yeah. It's just really sad, but I don't think it has any, I don't think it's a reflection her comments are in no way a reflection on the community because just from what I've seen from the outside they're so inclusive and just like I think that's why it's been so surprising because she was seen as like this figure of like promoting like kindness and acceptance and like the fact that she's so being so like ignorant and like just and I know that everyone when they have opinions like that they think they're like doing what's right Mm-hmm. But it's just so hard to believe that or understand how she thinks that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyways, and during Pride Month too, like what the fuck, dude? Yeah, it just seemed like uh, I don't know. It's but it's interesting so too. Um, I think a lot of people too, like minorities, have been saying for a while, like how white Harry Potter is, mm-hmm. and I think I know I personally kind of. Um, dismiss that a little bit and I feel really bad but anyways no I get that I think that I don't know it's hard for me to sometimes it's hard for me to read books about other communities or watch movies about other communities or whatever because I'm just like oh I can't picture myself in their shoes but then but I can I I end up being able to I mean like just because the character on screen is not white like I I still can like I was worried about that when I was younger just like oh I'm not going to be able to think it's me, but I am. So yeah. What's your bad experience, Brenna? I'm a wrestling fan, um, which is embarrassing, but whatever. At this point, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I started watching it with my boyfriend like f- uh, four years ago. Like we just saw it on Hulu and we were like, let's turn this on as a joke. And we started watching it and I have never stopped since. Um, and we've gone to like maybe five or six like live events so they have like their tv tapings they have a show um monday nights and friday nights that is live obviously there's none of that is happening now they're like doing it um which is a whole other thing they're still continuing to put like the wrestlers in danger but they don't have a crowd but like they're not they just tested all the wrestlers for the first time yesterday or, or the other day like they had never tested them once because they got a pause somebody like went out and did an independent test and they were positive this is is for this is for coronavirus in case someone's watching this like 10 years Mm. listening to this um but and like they just finally got everyone it's just a shit show over there but um anyway so we've gone to like maybe five or six of these live events and it's been like different atmospheres we've gone to one in raleigh one in greensboro and a couple in charlotte and it's just i didn't really realize it um but like the people that attend the live events are a lot different than the people that like i associate with in the community like online Mm-hmm. I follow these podcasters that are amazing and these other I, I follow a lot of like wrestling news channels because I actually kind of find the backstage stuff like more interesting than the wrestling sometimes because it's just so interesting like the dynamics because obviously it's all fake and staged and so you get to hear like all this crazy stuff happening backstage um and I really enjoy following that and the people I follow are like the most liberal humans on the face of the earth um so like that's the wrestling community I'm associated with is like the one that's super liberal and like they just talk how much they hate Trump all the time, which is funny. Has nothing to do with wrestling. But actually, it kind of does, because Trump is in the wrestling, is in the WWE Hall of Fame. Um, so, there's that. Oh, yeah. 
um he was like him and the mcmahons are tight because yeah. linda mcmahon was in his cabinet for like a certain amount of time which oh is the head of wwe's yeah. wife um Anyway, it's just really funny because all of the wrestlers themselves are very liberal. Like most of them are pretty damn liberal and like super young and like very woke. <laughs> and the actual head of WWE is awful um, and super old. And basically, I mean, I don't know. He's pretty awful. He doesn't, he basically, I'm pretty sure he thinks COVID is like a hoax. Um, so there's that, but that has nothing to do with what I'm about to say. But I think that the the actual crowds at the live events, like I didn't realize it was kind of I kind of felt like a little uncomfortable like it's a lot of more the people that attend the events are a lot more of like the kind of old school fans like there are a lot of kind of middle-aged dudes who just go to drink beer and watch the show which is fine um there's just and there's a lot of like parents that take their kids for the first time um like to this show you know they don't really watch the content they're like oh they come they're coming here let's just go to this show and um I didn't realize but it was like Martin was really uncomfortable and like I didn't really realize it. A couple of the events I really, really enjoyed, but Martin's never like really felt super comfortable at them. You just see like a different side of it. Like I see the online side and the bubble that I'm in, and everyone always gets so mad at like everyone gets mad at everyone for staying in their own political bubble. Um, yeah. And not reaching out or branching out. But um like I see the actual like the cause I'm a millennial young woman, so I kind of already felt a little like out of place at these events, but not like scared. Um, I don't think Martin right. was like scared, but he just did not feel like he felt uncomfortable. Um, and yeah. it's just kind of hard to deal with like, I don't know, two different completely opposite sides of the same fandom. The thing you want to do is like be close to these wrestlers and watch this and be super excited and have fun. But then it's like the people that actually go to the live events are not, don't seem to be the same people that are on Reddit or on Twitter because they're not, like, it's just different. I think the entire community is definitely growing. Like the past two days, um, there's this hashtag right now and it's basically like the Me Too movement, but it's completely in wrestling and it's just wow, what's coming out about a ton of male wrestlers, um, which is so sad yeah. and terrible. Um, and uh, the, but the female wrestling world has become completely different than it was. It used to be bra and panties fucking matches. And now it's actual legitimate matches for legitimate titles they're not called divas anymore they're called superstars like they're amazing um and I think a lot of people really appreciate that but I think some of these old school fans probably don't and yeah it's just annoying um because that's like my favorite thing about wrestling now is just the women and how awesome and fucking powerful they are and I have um I have a signed thing behind me of one of them so um Cute. yeah so Aww. I don't know it's just tough when like <laughs> fandoms are because again like I was saying earlier it's like there's never gonna be I don't know unless you're in like what's like in a fandom that would be completely perfect it's just just a fandom with just you and like your best friend there you go I guess I don't know <laughs> this one has good and bad whatever's um but it's like my one comic-con experience was mm. pandemic in Houston that's an interesting word that's an interesting title for I, I know right <laughs> Oh dear. It was before. No, I think it's, it's cool, but yes, it's a little uh, awkward now. Um, but anyways, so I went because a lot of Buffy actors were going to be there and randomly um, some actors from Gilmore Girls. And those are like my top two shows. Mm -hmm. um, and it was really cool. I've never really been around Buffy fans. So that was fun. And uh, the actors, I mean, I guess this really isn't fandom. It's like a fan interaction. Like I had a really great time with the actors, like 
One of them follows me on Instagram now. One of them posted my art on his Instagram. He was like oh one gosh. of the main actor, like big ones, like the ones that has the longest line at the convention, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and he would like take serious time to talk to you, to like everybody, even though he had the longest line. Yeah. Um, so anyways, so that was awesome. And like, there were some fans that I talked to the only problem that I had was like during the panels that they did, uh, people were like so intense about getting front row or like getting their spot. It was like, like Black Friday or something. It was ridiculous. And then, yeah. so like that was, I didn't get any like direct anything, but it was just that kind of thing always makes me uncomfortable. And then um, when we were leaving after the show or because you know they do lots of stuff one after the other and there mm. was like this one girl my sister and I were like going this one way and I guess this girl got offended by me like moving past her and she like cursed me out or whatever and it was just like zero to ten like we'd sat next to her the whole time and talked to her a little bit beforehand and then just like out of nowhere she got like really pissed off <laughs> um so that was like ridiculous and I think too I mean I don't know what these people were there for but like one day when we were leaving the convention center there was this couple like shouting at each other. They were like in their early twenties and they were like, like you fucking pissing me off. And I was like, Oh my God, are they gonna like have an episode of domestic violence like out on the street? Like it really Jesus. felt like that. So it's just, so scary. I don't know. I think when you get like a bunch of intense nerds, there's like cool nerds and there's like the people that are really kind of fucked up and they don't know how yeah. to interact with other people. <laughs> You, yeah, you made me remember. So I've never been to a Comic-Con, but I'm sure I would have negative experiences with Marvel fans if I went to a Comic-Con. Yeah, but I think a lot of the obnoxious <laughs> people there were there for Bucky, so mm, whatever his name is. Yeah. But anyways. I, I feel that. Um, so I have been to a D23, which is Disney's specific convention. And usually okay. now like Marvel is more, they, Marvel will either do their own event or they'll be like a D23. They don't even really do Comic-Con anymore. Like Comic-Con okay. seems to be kind of like well, obviously now they're not having it this year. They're having it virtually, but like Comic-Con seems like it's kind of people are splintering off to do their own events or like whatever. And so um, Disney does theirs every every other year. And we went, um, it's in Anaheim right next to, to Disneyland. And um, basically I remember like, oh my God. So it was just crazy. Like there was just, it was just madness. And it's so hard to like love all these people when you're like getting crushed. Yeah. Um, because we all thought that we were going to see all the Avengers in this one thing. And it ended up just being Josh Brolin who plays Thanos. And that was it. And like, oh nobody God. cared about, nobody cared about Thanos. Cause it was before infinity war even came out. So like, nobody saw that he did like a great performance. Nobody cared. Like yeah. I got a signed thing from him and I sold it. Cause I didn't care about it at all. <laughs> now I, now I would have, I would have kept it, but it was just like, <laughs> it was literally just Thanos and everyone was really mad. Like Damn. really mad because it made it sound like on the program we were gonna see everyone, like yeah. and it was really irritating. <laughs> so Yikes. anywho, um, and they like announced they like they announced like the it was gonna be this big announcement. It was just the like figures of Thanos's different um like army members or whatever. I'm like this doesn't I don't care. People were really mad, but I I think still, like I think any like just being in any crowd is just not. Yeah. Except like I find myself yearning to be in a crowd I hate crowds yeah and I just miss it like <laughs> I miss complaining about them that's probably it uh. I do I 
I did remember just now to um again this is more of like a fan or yeah. fan celeb interaction but it's still like I think a lot of the Buffy actors are so um which is interesting because it was filmed in the 90s and when you watch it back now it's incredibly problematic but all of the actors are like really outspoken about mm -hmm. social justice issues um and I think they do it in a really intelligent way and one of the actors his name is James I forget his last name but his character that he played his name was Clem he was like this weird like loose skin monster <laughs> guy oh god um yeah. but he was super open about his anxiety which I didn't even know was like a thing he dealt with until then but he like came out on stage and he was like I'm having a panic attack right now <laughs> like and he, it was actually true like I guess actually he said it at the end it was like when I came out here I was having a panic attack like so no like you're not alone or whatever and like and it sucks but I I want to be here and like you know so it, that was really cool and he has this whole organization um that has to place on the word slayers I feel really bad I can't remember it right now but actually so he said expressed interest in being on our show too um, That's so, so I have cool. to, I know, We right? can compare um, notes about our panic attacks. That would be so fun. <gasps> yeah! <laughs> he, he's just a really cool dude, and um, awesome. I need to make that happen. I think, oh, um, I, just going off of that, like, Chris Evans is probably one of the most, like, amazing people I've ever seen. Like, the way mm -hmm. he speaks out about everything, and he also has had, like, he had multiple panic attacks when he got the role of Captain America, because he didn't oh. want it. He was really scared, and, like... <laughs> um it was just really hard and so I don't know I I love him and then um I just watched I think it was I don't remember one of the late night shows um we've been just watching them on YouTube because what else are we going to do with our time mm -hmm. and um Anthony Mackie who's plays Falcon who's now going to be basically the new Captain America in the new show on on Disney plus um he like was just crying about being in the place where MLK was shot and he was like really emotional on this just this interview he was having and like yeah I don't know I just at first I was like, I don't, I don't want him to be Captain America. I want Bucky to be Captain America. Like a lot yeah. of other people because people love Bucky. It had nothing to do with race. That, that, let me just point that out. That was not any of it. A lot of people probably, it did have to do with race, but not me. Yeah. I just love Bucky. I liked his character more, but um, I don't know. I was like, he's my new Captain America. And it made me really Aww, happy. These people yeah. are so awesome in real life. Like it's just amazing mm -hmm. how everyone except Jeremy Renner, who apparently is awful. Um, but yeah. Anywho, um, yeah. I just, I really like celebrities that are awesome. They yeah. make fandoms, they make fandoms better because you're like, you have validation for those people that are awful in the fandom because you're like, uh, well, this guy doesn't believe this and he's yeah. your Captain America. So exactly, you have to listen to him. <laughs> you have to listen to him and not be a horrible dick. Um, yeah, exactly. But, so, and then when, yeah. So I think overall, <laughs> I'm like spiraling. It's fine. I don't know what it is. I don't know what this episode has turned into, but <laughs> I think um, we appreciate fandom leaders or like celebrities that fandoms are around that are like good people and foster a good space. Yeah. And it's interesting to see how like JK Rowling obviously doesn't do that, but so many other because the Harry Potter community is so big and there's like people make music and people make YouTube videos and like the Potter Puppet Pals people or guy was like the first person to respond. Like Of course he was. <laughs> to the whole thing i know right so it's like that's great, that's great. yeah whoa yeah. jinx okay i think we should people are that. stepping up and being awesome and i love it exactly yeah okay i guess 
that's it. Everybody stay safe and happy. Thanks for listening. If you liked the episode, feel free to give us a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. You can follow us on Twitter at ObsessNaturally or email us at anobsessivenature at gmail.com. Perfect. (laughs) 